You are in the trenches of life. You are faced with pressure every day. Family, work, community, all demanding a piece of life. Fatherhood is war, but you continually battle for your soul and the souls in your family. It can feel isolating and exhausting, but there is good news. You have a heavenly father. Because of Jesus, you can be strong, courageous. You can be an intentional father, living with purpose. This is what you are meant for. You will make an impact. You are not alone. Welcome to Dad in the Trenches, a resource for biblical truth, challenge, and encouragement for Christian dads in the trenches of life. Hello, hello. Uh, welcome back to Dad in the Trenches for any of you longtime Dad in the Trenches listeners. And also a special welcome to uh, any of you that have found the podcast for the first time. Uh, I'm delighted that you're here and hope that you find today's episode, as well as any of the other episodes, uh, encouraging, equipping, or challenging uh, for you as you go through this life in the trenches. So I'm really excited uh, for today's guest. Um, you know, as any of you longtime listeners know, here at Dad in the Trenches, I'm looking for... Uh, dads from all spectrums of life and uh, approaching life from different areas or kind of different sides of the coin, if you will. And uh, this topic of just about kingdom business, uh, entrepreneurship, um, you know, those kind of things are not talked about enough, in my opinion. Um, and I was, I've been on the look out for someone who's doing that, someone who has a heart for it. Um, and Lo and behold, he was right under my nose. He was a, a, a friend from years past, um, and we got to reconnect recently as I came across something he's been doing uh, with Kingdom B-School, which you'll find out more of in today's episode as well, uh, but was super encouraged uh, just to run across this and uh, reconnect with him and to be able to bring you this episode today where really today's guest is going to challenge um, some of your thoughts uh, you know, especially in the church, I think there's certain mindsets that we have about what is quote unquote Christian business uh, or entrepreneurship mean and look like and how you can, you know, have an impact for the kingdom, that kind of thing. So he's going to challenge those mindsets for us uh, through just part of just telling his own story and own journey. But um, we're going to break down some myths, uh, common myths that we might have or, or misconceptions as well. So really excited for that. And, um, you know, hit me up with some feedback. I'd love to hear what you think about today's episode. Direct message me at Instagram uh, for Dad in the Trenches or drop a note at hello at Dad in the Trenches um, or feel free to you know comment on any of the posts for the next several weeks uh, that follow this episode as well. So um, anyways, we're going to jump in today's episode. Thanks so much for being here. God bless. And here we go. Well, gentlemen, thanks for joining us today. My guest is Kevin Scoggin, and Kevin and I go back to, gosh, what was it? What did we say the other? It was 2016, maybe we so. first met each other? Yeah. Um, Kevin, actually, probably when we met, we were at a marriage conference, and probably um, we were at the same table together and uh, probably saw me at one of the lowest points in my life. Uh, so that's how we first met, and here we are many years later. <laughs> Both uh, uh, marriages going strong and uh, healthier in many regards. Uh, it's great yeah. to reconnect with you, Kevin. And man, thanks for joining us here on Dad in the Trenches. Man, thanks so much. I uh, I'm really excited to be on the show and and feel super honored. So yeah, so um, you know, tell us, uh, just introduce yourself. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Um, you know, season of life, what you do for work. You know, we'll kind of go from there. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So my name is Kevin Scoggin. I am married, have been married for coming up on six years, which is crazy. And yeah, at that marriage conference, we were about two years in the marriage and, and working through some stuff for sure. And uh, <laughs> I, I can, you know, that was, a, that was actually a really painful season in our marriage, but I can confidently say, you know, we're, we're in the best place we've ever been today. And um, awesome. Well, I feel super blessed just by my wife and, you know, um, so I'm a big fan of marriage. God knew what he was doing there. Um, we have uh, two little girls. We have a three-year-old named Adeline and a one-year-old named Millie. 
So we are, you know, kind of on the front end of, of parenting and and figuring that stuff out. (laughs) And, uh, I was in full-time ministry for, uh, out of college for my first five years out of college and then transitioned in 2017 into real estate sales. And so, um, got my license summer of 2017 and, um, still doing my own personal production, but then also lead a, lead a team of agents. We have 20 full-time agents on the team. So that's super fun and cool. challenging and all that stuff. And then, yeah. uh, and launched, launched a podcast myself. So <laughs> on the front end of that journey as yeah. well. So. Very cool. Well, we'll get into all that stuff more here in just a little bit too. You know, just as we kind of get to know you a little bit, talk a little bit more about um, your background growing up you know, impact of maybe your own father on you emotionally, spiritually, you know, give us a little bit more about who Kevin is. Yeah, for sure. I mean, so I I feel super blessed to have grown up in a great, you know, I think about my childhood. I grew up in Paul's Valley, Oklahoma. I don't know how many of our listeners are from Oklahoma, but it was really like the idyllic small town America situation. My dad was a dentist. Uh, my both my parents were still married. They loved Jesus, so so we were raised in church. So in, in in a lot of ways, I had such a great childhood, and I and I feel super blessed um, for that. Uh, like I said, we were raised in church, so we you know grew up with a value for God and the things of God. Um, you know, my parents always modeled that super well for us. You know, um, and so my dad was you know was definitely the the spiritual leader of our home and. So that was really great. I, I think one of the, the big takeaways from my dad that has really impacted me as I was kind of reflecting on this is so, so he was a dentist, so owned his own practice for you know, 25 years, provided a great lifestyle for us growing up. But as, as my brother and I, my older brother and I got older, he, he started to share with us just, you know, he, he didn't like his job, you know, and, and when he w- was making that decision in college, it was simply hey, this is a way to provide a good living and a good lifestyle. But the message that he really communicated to us was like, hey, do something that you're passionate about. Do something that you're excited about, whether it's, you know, provides a great income financially or not. Mm-hmm. And so as I was just kind of reflecting on the impact of my dad and my own life, that was, that was something that really stuck with me that I, I knew as I got older and, and started, you know, went to college and, and whatnot that, I didn't just want to do something because there was a, a great income potential, you know, and that's, that's easy to kind of get drawn right. towards that, you know, in, in America, sure. especially. So I'm, I'm super thankful for that, you know, that I was able to see and hear from someone that, Hey, it's not, it's not worth hating, hating your job every day uh, to, prov- you know, to earn a lot of money or whatever. Mm-hmm. So, you know, so we kind of grew up with that perspective and that really shaped me, I think, as I started praying and thinking, you know, through my own life path. So, yeah, and that's, that's really awesome. And, and in a lot of ways, it's for your dad just to be able to express that. Mm -hmm. I think that's pretty huge. I don't, I may be overgeneralizing, but I don't think that's a message a lot of people necessarily hear, especially from Mm -hmm. parents, maybe, you know, it's probably the opposite of, Mm -hmm. you know, we, we as parents, I mean, I'm, I feel this urge myself on my kids to do something and be, you know, be able to provide for family and that kind of thing. But I think we can almost uh, overemphasize that for our kids or um, I don't know if idolatry would be the right word or not, but you know, it's like, you know, our, our hopes and dreams for our kids is just that they get educated and have great jobs and make a lot of money. It's not Mm -hmm. how are they living out of their heart? Are they Mm -hmm. connected with God? Do they have a solid relationship? It's more of, you know, well, you, you be a good citizen and make lots of money right. for your, your family. Right. So, yes. you know, but what I hear from you and from, you know, what you're saying about what your dad communicated. I mean, that's, that feels a little more rare to me and that's really awesome. Yeah, no, I'm with you, man. I, I would agree hundred percent. And, and like I said, I mean, I think my brother and I were really blessed to have that person. We didn't, you know, therefore we didn't feel the pressure to like go to college and become doctors or dentists or whatever. We right. felt the, fr- we felt the freedom to go to college and like, do do what was on our heart to do you know and and i recognize not a lot of not a lot of people have that and so i'm super grateful for that for sure yeah Uh, you saying that just reminds me it's kind of funny actually so you know you and i are recording this this episode is being recorded during the covid pandemic right and uh you know spring of covid and uh 
man, we're playing a lot of board games in our house right now. And one of the games we're playing is the game of life. Have you ever played the game of life? I have. It's been a while. Yeah. Uh, but I, you know, <laughs> I and so it's like, oh, immediately you got to choose. Are you going to go to the college route? Are you going to take a career route? You know, and then you, you earn money. And the one that gets mm-hmm. the end of life that who has most money wins, you know, and it's like, right. It's like this moment where we're playing this and I'm like, my kids love this actually. And I'm like, this is blowing my mind because it's like, we're, we're really like inundating them with this message of yeah. get the best job mm-hmm. and, and the doc, the doctor and the athlete, like, you know, you can, there's several, several ways to get the most money in the game, yes. you know, the highest paying job. And it's like, oh my goodness, we're actually we're really inundating them with, at a really yes. young age. So yeah. you hear that. And, uh, you know, I'm having to like kind of counterbalance the message of the game of life with like reality. Like, right. Is this what I want them is, to? Is this yeah. really what's important? Like, you know, we have yeah. to have this conversation. Yeah, it's so. for sure, man. <laughs> okay, man. Um, you know, tell us, uh, so you're, you're, you've got two, two young ones uh, mm-hmm. on the earlier ends. I mean, you're still a, man, you're dead in the trenches. Totally. So talk about just your own fatherhood and you know, your, your story, you know, tell us a few things maybe you're learning as a dad, yeah. you're balancing life and work and, you know, life oh with God, gosh. all those things, you know, share <laughs> with us a couple of things maybe you're, you're learning or going through or struggling with. Yeah, man, what a, I, I very much am a dad in the trenches. I, uh, <laughs> as I mentioned, <laughs> my, my oldest is three, our youngest is one. So, so we, you know, so it was about a year ago, our, our youngest was born last April, first of April. So we just celebrated her her first birthday. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, it was a year ago transitioning from one kid to two kids. And that was, I mean, just to be super, <laughs> super honest, like that was, it was a super hard transition for my wife and I. Um, some of our friends had told us that, that that transition for them had been the hard, you know, our friends that maybe have like three and four kids yeah. told us that, hey, this was the hardest transition for us going from one kid to two. And, you know, it's one thing to hear that, but it's another thing to really walk through it. And, and I'll tell you what, Aaron, I mean, I, I felt like we were in survival mode for eight, eight to nine months, maybe. I mean, yeah. and I don't know, my, <laughs> our, our second, um, she didn't sleep as good as our first, you know, there was just some, some unique challenges. And then, you know, you, you have two kids to take care of and, you know, so our, our light, you know, it just looks so much different. The pressures, there's more pressure, there's more, um, you know, expectation on you as a parent, as a provider. And so, I mean, quite frankly, it was a super, super hard year for us. Um, and I, I feel like as I reflect on just like, man, what does it mean to be a parent? What does it mean to be a dad? I, I think the thing that comes to mind is, I mean, it really just is this consistent, like dying to yourself over and over so that mm-hmm. other people can live. And I mean, I'll tell you what, it's not always been pretty for me. Like, <laughs> I, I don't think I do it perfectly or great by any means, you know, but it's, I, I feel like for me, it's like, just when you think you've died your last death, it's like, okay, here's another, here's another, you know, another level of sacrifice or another level of, and, and I don't even in some ways I'm like, you know, I don't want it to sound like this martyr mentality, but it's just like realizing like, okay, I, I have to lay this down right now mm-hmm. so that my wife can get some sleep so that my kids can thrive, like whatever the situation is. Right. And so I think as a dad, I'm a very type A, very driven, very structured person. And I've had to just learn to relinquish a lot of that being a dad, right? Like you can't, you just have to let some of that go. And so I would say that's been a journey that I've been on since our first one was born. You know, you can have your idea of how the weekend's going to go or the vacation or the evening until, you know, you get the call from the babysitter that your young, your, you know, your oldest is throwing up and you turn around from the date you've been looking forward to for, <laughs> two weeks or a month and you go home yeah. and, and you're up all night with a sick kid, right? Like yeah. that, I, that's in there too. Yep. <laughs> yeah. And so, you know, learning to find joy in that. And for me, um, again, to be vulnerable, I, the, one of the things I struggle with is kind of this poor me mentality. And I think God has just been like stripping that away from me. You know, it's easy to feel sorry for yourself when it's like, you're the one that's up all night or, and, and again, my wife has had plenty of sleepless nights too. It's not like I'm doing it all by any means, you know, but you get in those moments where it's like, man, this honestly, this kind of sucks. Like I hate this. I hate being up all night or I hate whatever it is. Right. Yeah. And I think God's just been slowly chipping that away from me of 
wow, what a, it's actually a privilege to be here right now. And, and my kids are such a blessing and I'm going to look back on this season. I'm going to miss it, even though it feels really hard and really frustrating and whatever. Yeah. Um, I, I'm, I'm going to look back on the season and, and give anything. And so my wife and I are like constantly reminding each other of that in the hard mm-hmm. moments. Um, and the flip side is like, there's nothing better than, than being a dad. Right. I mean, I think everyone listening would say that like being a dad has unlocked this place in my heart that I never knew existed. You know, I remember two months ago, we, I was in the backyard with my girls and my youngest was kind of in her swing thing or whatever. And, and me and Adeline were in the backyard. We had a, a frozen kite. So, you know, Elsa and Anna, that okay, froze, yeah, Disney's yeah. frozen. <laughs> we had a frozen kite and, um, and we'd been trying, I'd been trying to teach her how to fly it. And sure enough, finally she, she gets to this point where she's flying it on her own. And I had this rare moment of perspective where I, I was just watching my oldest daughter. She's flying a kite. She's figured out. And I was just like delighting over her. It makes me emotional to think about like, it was just such a sweet moment of like, I was so proud of her. I'm delighting over her. And it was a revelation for me of like the father's heart for me of how he mm-hmm. delights in me. And I don't have to do anything for it. I don't have to perform for it. Like my daughter was just flying in a Disney's frozen kite. Like there's nothing, you know, nothing necessarily special, but, and it was like, Oh man, like I just love being a dad and like seeing my kids learn things and thrive and all that stuff. So, mm-hmm. you know, I, I guess in to sum up, maybe the question I, I would say, I think parenting's like the hardest thing I've ever done, but it's the most rewarding thing I've ever done. You know, it's like climbing a mountain, like it's freaking hard and exhausting and tiring, but like, the fruit and what you get to experience in the midst of it, there's, I wouldn't trade it for anything, you know? Um, yeah. So <laughs> that's awesome. Oh, that's good. Thanks for your just vulnerability and transparency yeah. in that too, with the struggle for sure. Yeah. Um, so one of the things that I want to talk about too is, you know, you mentioned uh, just as you're introducing yourself, you know, you were in full-time ministry and you switched to business and that's actually, I don't know. I, again, maybe I'm overgeneralizing, but I don't hear that story too often. Mm-hmm. I actually hear the opposite of, you know, I feel quote unquote called into ministry. And so, mm-hmm. um, you know, people leave a job or career or something and they go and they do that instead. And, and um, you know, you've done the opposite. So I'm, I'm curious, you know, give us a, a couple of just, you know, either stories or instances, things that were, you know, what's been good, what's been challenging in that, you know, what's, what have you learned along the way? Um, and we we'll start with that. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I, I think that's a really great question. And, you know, if if you would have asked my wife, so my wife and I met in college at the church that we still attend to this day, the church that we were on staff. Mm-hmm. And we, I mean, Jesus radically transformed our life in college. And so we we led life group. I mean, I can't tell you how many overseas mission trips we led. We We led, you know, we were section leaders. So we oversaw multiple life groups. You know, when I graduated OU, I came on staff as a youth pastor. So, you know, if you had asked me in that season of my life what I was called to where I'd be, I, I would have told you with with a certain level of confidence that my wife and I are going to be church planners. Like that's who we are. It's who's God. It's who God has called us to be. Mm-hmm. And I just would have never seen the transition that was coming down the road. And so, how that kind of came about, we had been serving on staff at our church for five and a half years. And really loving it, learning a lot. And there, there came this opportunity for a transition where the elders approached us and asked us to, to be the executive pastors at one of our church plants about 30 minutes up the road. Mm. And so, you know, we felt honored and, and on some level excited, but there was this thing in me that I couldn't quite shake in terms of like, I, I was having a hard time really getting my heart there. And so kind of meanwhile, my wife had been, uh, she had started this kind of online sales business and it had really been thriving. Um, and, and it was fun watching her grow and what God was teaching her and doing in her. And so it really awakened this thing in me that I didn't even know was there. And so all that to say this moment of opportunity had come up and I really, we really sought the Lord for months and months of what we were supposed to do. And I, I remember so clearly feeling like, it wasn't as much a do this or don't do this, but it was like there was this moment of an invitation from the Lord. And I, as I'm growing in maturity and walking with God, I feel like, you know, I think it's easy to get in the mentality of like, God, just tell me what to do and I'll do it. And what I'm finding in my own walk with the Lord is that's not always the case. That I, I really felt like God was saying like, Kevin, you can stick with the church and ministry and it's going to be awesome. I'm going to bless you. 
but there's also an opportunity here where you've, you've finished well with the youth ministry, you've transitioned out and, and there's kind of an opportunity here to step into the unknown and it's up to you, you know? And so long story short, we essentially just jumped. Um, I, I couldn't shake this, this burning desire in me to start a business. Mm. And, and so, I mean, it was terrifying. I, I mean, it, and we can talk more through it, but you know, at sure. the time our, our oldest was six months old. So I had a kid. I wasn't making much money at the church, but it was a salary and, and it provided health insurance for our family. Okay. So, you know, it was a lot of things to think through as a young husband and a young dad. Yeah. And, um, and so it was a really hard transition. And, and, and so now fast forward, you know, almost three years, I would say it's been, you know, probably the hardest decision I've ever made. And, and at the same time, the best, most rewarding, most fun, mm-hmm. you know, two and a half, three years of my life. And I, I, I I feel like I've grown more as um, a businessman than I ever grew in, in ministry. And, and that's my personal story. I'm not saying that's true for everyone, but I, just how God has refined me and grown me mm-hmm. being a business owner or whatever. I, again, I just never anticipated that. And so that that's kind of been our transition. And, and um, yeah, I don't, I don't want to get ahead of myself there, but that, that was kind of what that transition looked like. Yeah, so. no, that's good. You know, maybe are there any lies or even just mindsets, um, things that you maybe had to overcome um, with that transition or, you know, thinking about those, you know, working outside the church versus working yeah. outside the church, you know? Yeah, 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 it's great. Yes, <laughs> to answer your question. So, <laughs> like I said, that transition was really hard for me. So, I transitioned out of ministry and transitioned into real estate sales. And so, you know, real estate sales, I would say like most sales position, you can kind of look at it from the outside and it looks super glamorous because there's this idea that, you know, there's no limit to what you can earn and this lifestyle you can create for yourself. And, you know, especially with the popularity now of like HGTV and some of these like celebrity <laughs> realtors, you know, but I had, you know, so I, I jump in and I feel like God was calling me to that. And I, I just really felt like I got kicked in the teeth for about the first six months because I just, it was such a different way to function than, than the world of ministry. And I, you know, again, I had come out of college where I was heavily involved in our church and then I had to come on staff at that church. And mm-hmm. so, I mean, truly that church and ministry had been my whole world for almost a decade. And so now I'm transitioning out of that. I have the pressures of providing for the family. And now I'm just trying to totally, it kind of felt like rewire my brain. And, and one of the biggest hurdles for me, and this, this may sound stupid and you know, it, it, it's almost a little embarrassing to share, but, um, you know, I, I felt so clear God had called me to real estate. I had spent time like praying into it. I had all these like promises. I felt like God had shared, you know, I journaled and, you know, I kind of had my vision board and my declaration and like I had all the stuff, right. That you're supposed to do. And I remember getting a couple months in thinking like, what the heck, Lord, like you called me into this. Aren't you supposed to bless my business? Like, where's the blessing? You know, I, I don't see the clients coming to me. I don't see, you know, And I realized over a few month period that I had these beliefs that were actually like, I was putting the responsibility of my business growing and succeeding and thriving really on the Lord, right? On, you know, like, well, God called me to it. He's going to bless me. So, okay, God, like, and, and I wasn't even being lazy. I wasn't just sitting back, but I think even that subconscious belief was preventing me from really doing the things I needed to be doing to build a Mm. successful business. And it's just interesting to me. And, you know, non-believers, they don't have like a safety net or a plan B in the sense that I think sometimes God can function in our brains. I'm not necessarily suggesting God is a safety net or God is a plan B, but I think sometimes as believers, we feel that way. And so it's like, oh, well, you know, if, if it doesn't work, then like, hopefully a miracle will come through. Like, hopefully God will rescue me. Hmm. And again, I'm not, I don't want to get too theological because I'm not even saying maybe that that's a wrong thought, but I'm saying for me, those beliefs, that mentality really ended up being much more of a hindrance than they were a help. Hmm. And so I think maybe for people that grew up in church, that maybe tend to be more of a thought pattern than, than those of us that maybe didn't grow up in church. So all that to say, that was one of the really big lies that I had to overcome of like, okay, what is the blessing of God? The blessing of God doesn't mean that like the heavens are going to open and clients are just going to pour, pour out of the sky, <laughs> you know? And so I had to really come to grips with that and roll up my sleeves and, and, and get to work, you know? So. Yeah. Well, it sounds like, and I think this is, I've heard you say this before, but one of the things, you know, it's about the mindset is about transformation, right? One mm-hmm. of the things God is doing yep. with, with clients or without clients is the process he's leading you on. It's about your transformation mm-hmm. and life with him. 
maybe unpack that a little bit more. Yeah, yeah, no, for sure. So like, so that piece, and then kind of another key piece for me, I, I, I hit this um, breakdown moment, if we could maybe go into that for a second, where yeah. we're, I'm a couple months in real estate, I've sold like one or two houses, but you know, to get paid in real estate, there's like a 30 to 45 day, you know, you put a house under contract, but you don't get paid till it's closed. So that could be 30 to 45 days, could be 60 days sometimes. Yeah. So I had sold a couple of houses, but you know, it took me about a month to get my license. So, I mean, we're just plowing through our savings account. And so there's this moment, you know, three months in where I was paying for these real estate leads. It was, you know, multiple hundreds of dollars a month to get these leads. They're shared leads. So I'm not the only agent getting them. Mm. It's nine o'clock. I'm, I'm climbing into bed and my phone goes off and it's one of these leads. And so, you know, it'd been a long day. The last thing I want to do is get up at nine o'clock and call this lead. But at the same time, we, you know, are like almost out of money. So I get out of bed, I call the lead and this lady's super sweet. She's like, Hey, thanks for calling me. But I, I just got off the phone with another agent and he's going to show me the house tomorrow. And this is a $300,000 house in, in our, in our market, you know, so that's a $9,000 commission check, way more money than I've ever made in a single check. And I remember that was like my breaking point because I felt so out of control with my business. I felt like I had no idea what I was doing. I felt like I was failing. So that kind of, that was my rock bottom moment. And it started this process of the Lord really calling me up and calling me out. And so a big piece of that was what I just shared, like realizing I had been kind of expecting God to just bring the clients. Mm -hmm. And another piece of that, which is what you were just referencing was this idea that it doesn't actually matter what I'm doing. It's not about what you're doing. It's about who you're becoming. Mm -hmm. And so realizing that real estate wasn't, isn't maybe my calling or my purpose, but God is using real estate as a tool in this season of my life mm -hmm. to form me into the man that I need to be. Mm -hmm. And so that, when that kind of switch flipped in my brain, it was a major just difference for me because all of a sudden it wasn't so much about, you know, cold calling, not cold calling, open houses, not open houses, or all these things that I could get hung up on and scared about. It was about, God, man, what are you doing in me in this season? Okay, now, now I can get excited about partnering with you in that. And, and it brought this sense of like passion and purpose and excitement into what I was doing. And as opposed to the drudgery and the fear and the anxiety of, oh my gosh, I have to go provide for my family. It's like, okay, no, I just have to be present to what God's doing in me, partner with him, even if it's scary, even if it's uncomfortable. And, and, and then that's when I started seeing the breakthrough. That's when I started seeing the fruit. So, so that was a big thought for me. And it's something that I, I tell myself often, I tell the agents on my team, it's not about what you're doing. It's about who you're becoming. So, you know, you may be in a job you don't like, you may be in a season of transition, but I think as believers, we can always rest on that, right? Like you look at Joseph and Moses and they both had these seasons of their life, you know, Moses on the backside of the desert, Joseph, you know, getting sold into slavery. He's in prison. He's a, he's a servant. He's all these things. But for both of those guys, God was shaping them into the men they needed to be to ultimately step into their calling, right? Which for mm -hmm. Joseph is leading a nation out of famine. Moses is leading the Israelites. And I think if they had lost sight or perspective of that, they wouldn't have become the men they needed to be to step into their calling, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, that's, that's spot on really good. Totally. Let's also talk too just about, you know, let me, let me think of how to form this question, but, you know, being missional. Um, you know, there's, I think there's a, for people that are in the business world and people that are, you know, quote unquote Christian businessmen, you know, there's this idea that circulates with, well, you know, business as mission, um, being missional, you know, if you own a company, lead a company, how do you, how do you, you know, influence your employees, you know, those mm -hmm. kind of things. Um, maybe talk just a little bit about, you know, what the Lord has shown you in that and, you know, what are your thoughts on that? Man, that really is a great question. And again, to be vulnerable, it's something that I don't feel like I've landed. It's something that I feel like I'm daily working through myself. Sure. And, you know, when I stepped out of ministry, that was a little bit of a mind trip for me because I went from, you know, discipling students, teaching them how to hear the voice of God and read the Bible and all like stuff that felt eternally significant. And, and I am now selling houses, which didn't feel very significant. <laughs> so that was like a mind trip for me. And then to go from there to, okay, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm now a boss. I'm hiring people. We have, you know, I have assistants. We have agents on the team. And, to, and, and feeling, this, feeling this pressure 
and desire to be a kingdom, godly Jesus businessman and trying to figure out like, what does that mean? You know? And so my mind always went to like, is that a Bible study before work? Is that praying for my team members? Is that sharing the gospel with clients? And I think sometimes, and I would say, especially in the Bible belt, we can kind of, um, that's kind of the categories we think through, right? Like, oh, this is a Christian business because we, we pray together before the day starts. And I'm not knocking that. I think that's great. But I, I, I think the stuff that I'm thinking through and the, the framework that I'm thinking through and, and trying to inspire, you know, other Christian entrepreneurs is, is to really think, I, I think if that's the only lens we're thinking through, I think we're really limiting God. Uh, because when I when I look at Jesus, what I saw Jesus do was come and demonstrate heaven's ways on earth. So it wasn't just that he like told people about God, but there was this idea of him demonstrating a superior way of life, a superior way of living, which is relationship with the Father. It's God's ways of doing business, relationships, marriage, children, everything, right? Yeah. So that's the lens I'm trying to think through. It doesn't absolve us from the responsibility of like, if there's an opportunity to share the gospel, yes, share the gospel. If there's an opportunity yeah. to pray, yes. But I don't, I don't think that's like when we've done those things, oh, okay, it's a Christian business. I think it's, this, <laughs> it's a mentality and a heart attitude of today for my, for my team members, for my assistant, for my agents, I want to put on display heaven's ways, the generosity of God, the nature of God in every way. And, um, you know, and I, and I think as we do that and we build businesses that way, we start to impact our communities. We start to impact our culture. People, you know, hopefully should be getting saved, families restored, all that. I think that's like the fruit of living lives that put on display heaven's ways. And so I am very much in the middle of trying to do that and figure out what that looks like. But for, I think there's this tendency to feel guilty if we're not doing like the Christian activities, like I said, praying or sharing the gospel. And I'm like, again, of course, as believers, we're all called to that. But I think that's such a small way to be thinking. And I think traditionally, that's kind of how people have approached like, oh, I'm a Christian businessman. We have this devotional at lunch and all that. And again, it's like, that's great. But what would it look like for heaven's ways to like invade your business in every area and not just in your 15 minute devotional lunch. You know what I mean? You recently started Kingdom B School. Tell us more about that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, man, where to even start? So, when I, <laughs> to go back to something you referenced earlier, feeling like I was being called out of full-time ministry into business. One of, again, one of the things I had to overcome and wrap my head around is I almost felt this sense of like guilt or feeling less than, or, you know, I, I had these desires to build businesses, to solve problems, to, 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 to have wealth, to have influence, to have success. I had all these desires happening. And then I'm in this culture of church, which I love and, and hear my heart but it's, it's all, it's talking about like discipling people and starting churches. And I'm thinking about starting businesses. And so there was this sense of like, okay, am I off here? Is there something wrong in me? And where I came to with the Lord of like, again, there are things we're all called to as believers, which no matter what realm of society we're in, we need to be doing right. But also embracing and really celebrating the fact that, okay, if you're called to business, then yeah, you need to be dreaming about starting businesses and solving problems because that's what God's called you to do. Mm. And so I remember when I was kind of making that transition, I kind of pulled back and looked around my church and I just didn't see a ton of people who were really celebrating the entrepreneur, celebrating the businessman, like maybe Mm. the church planner, the missionary was being celebrated. And I think historically that's been the case, right? Like the business, kind of every other person in church has felt like this secondary to the pastors and the mission of the church. And I don't think that was intentional necessarily. And I think across the body of Christ, we're starting to see that shift. And so the idea behind Kingdom B School essentially is like, I want to equip and inspire kingdom hearted entrepreneurs, entrepreneurs to build successful businesses. Like I want to be the believer that feels called to start the business or the side hustle or whatever, I want to be their biggest fan. I want to be their biggest champion and let them know that it's a worthy, noble calling to be called to business, just like it is to be mm. called to teach 
or called to government or called to be a pastor. And so, you know, kind of the idea is that, you know, seven realms of society, I don't know if you or your, your listeners are familiar with kind of that framework, but the idea that society is, you know, kind of divided up into, you know, business, what, what is it? Family, arts and entertainment, religion, politics. I may be forgetting a few, but this idea of the kingdom coming on planet earth isn't just people all running to the church. The kingdom coming on planet earth is like the kingdom invading every realm of society. Yeah. And so again, kind of the idea behind kingdom B school is I want to, I want to equip and inspire people to start kingdom businesses and be successful in that. And to your point earlier, not just be, Oh, I'm a Christian businessman. I'm a Christian businesswoman. But this idea of like, God has called me to the business mountain and he has called me there for a reason and a purpose. And he has strategically placed these giftings and desires in my heart mm-hmm. to see the kingdom of God advance in the yeah. realm of business in, you know, my city, my state, my region. And so I think as believers start having that mentality, that's when we really start seeing revival in a kingdom come, not just when everyone's flocking to the church. Like, okay, yes, of course, that's great. But if that's where it stops, then we're missing out on a huge piece of society, which is everyone else, you know? So, you know, long story short, so that's kind of the heart behind Kingdom B School. Um, Maybe kind of dovetail in with that. I've heard you say too, you know, you feel like God is on the move in business like never before, you know, unpack that statement for us. Yeah, man. So yeah, that's, that's the, uh, you know, intro to the podcast. So if anyone (laughs) listens to it, they're going to, they're going to hear that. And of course, we know that God's moving in every realm of society. He's moving in the church. He's moving in families. He's moving in government. There's no question. But I I do, when I pull back and look through my limited perspective at what God is doing in the world today, I see God moving in unique ways in, in, in government and in business. And for me, what I see happening, like you said, is God calling people out of other realms of society into these mountains in an unusual number than maybe we've seen before. I mean, if you look at, let's just take politics, for example, so many people that aren't politicians don't have a background in this running for different levels of government. I mean, even in our own city, state and church, you know, like I had a buddy of mine who's a pastor at our church. He ran for city council and we're seeing that across the board. You know, there was a pastor and a missionary guy out in California running for Congress in California. And like, so I think we see this happening in politics. And again, we see it happen in business where people like myself, who was in full-time ministry, feel this sense of, man, I think God is actually calling me into business, you know, like almost this idea of I'm a missionary to the mountain of business. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I I recognize my perspective is is limited, but I, I just see God raising up kingdom hearted, kingdom minded business leaders and politicians like never before. And it excites me because I think perhaps there's, I just think business so practically impacts everyone's lives, right? Because that's how people earn their living. That's where problems are solved. That's where products are created. Like it's just so practical and tangible. And so I think it's, I, I feel super honored to be a business person, an entrepreneur, and, and, and hopefully inspiring and equipping others because it is so practical and it's so tangible to everyone's day-to-day experience, you know? Yeah, so. that's awesome. That's great. Yeah. And maybe, maybe in that too, um, and we've kind of been hitting around it too, you know, are there, when you, you think about the way maybe, quote-unquote, the kingdom works, for instance, right, the economy of the kingdom, you know, what when you, when you survey the business landscape and what do you think maybe for us as believers, what are some incorrect mindsets maybe that we have about business versus the way, you know, the kingdom works, the way God feels about business or about how we go about doing those things? Yeah, for sure. I would say two things come to mind right off the bat to that question. I think the first is this idea of generosity and that there's more than enough. And I, I think we see that modeled in the life of the prophets. We see it modeled in the life of Jesus where, you know, Jesus never turned anyone away that came to him for help. And so specifically in the world of business, business and and even more specifically in the world of sales can be very cutthroat. And it's very mm-hmm. like, man, I kind of have my secret sauce. I kind of have my secret, whatever. And, and I'm not going to share. I'm not going to whatever. And I, I think the kingdom way of doing things is to be generous, to 
you know, share what you've learned with everyone. And so I feel like I've been able to watch that firsthand. My, my business partner loves Jesus. He and his wife are actually pastors, but he started the brokerage where I work. And in, in two years, he's gone from five agents to like 140. It's like hmm. the fastest going, bro, go, growing brokerage in the metro. And one of the key pieces of, of his business model is this idea of generosity and there's more than enough business. And that is a very unusual model, specifically in real estate. Typically yeah. people are very like, I'm not going to tell you how I got my clients. I'm not, you know, it's very secretive. It's very like, and so it's been really, so I feel like I've gotten a front row seat to watch how God has blessed him where mm. he's just been hundred percent generous, hundred percent open handed with everything. Yeah. So, you know, I, I would say, I think that's the, one of the things that separates, I think a kingdom business from maybe just a normal business for lack of a better term is sure. just this idea of, of generosity and, and there's, there's more than enough, you know? And then I think another thing is believers that we have to get over that again, non-believers, I don't think have this hang up and, and maybe this hang up was uniquely mine. Uh, but is this idea of just because something is uncomfortable or hard, like it's not from the Lord. And that was another kind of mindset I had to get over because my big breakthrough in my business came through cold calling, which was the last thing I wanted to do. It made me want to throw up and cry at the same time. <laughs> and like, I'm a people pleaser, but I knew so clearly God was calling me to do it. And I realized, again, I had this mentality of like, oh, this feels hard. This feels scary. This was uncomfortable. So like, surely this can't be from God, you know? And this idea of kind of like brushing it under the rug of like the will of God. And again, non-believers don't like struggle with this. So I think they succeed maybe more in a disproportionate amount than believers. So I, I think really embracing that, you know what, sometimes God does, you know, God is much more comfortable or God is much more concerned with like where we're going than, than kind of our comfort level in the process. <laughs> and you can see that in the life of, right? The Israelites are, They've left Egypt that are on the way to the promised land and they're complaining because they're hungry and they're saying like, we want to go back to Egypt where we had full bellies. Like literally, I think it's Exodus 16 where it talks about that. And they start complaining and, and they actually tell Moses like, we would rather go back to Egypt where we had full bellies. And it blows my mind. And yet we as believers do this all the time. We feel like God has called us to something. So we start the business, we start writing the book, we do whatever, like we take kind of the first initial steps. And then all of a sudden it gets hard, it gets uncomfortable, it gets scary. And we're like, oh, no, I'm actually a lot more comfortable hanging out in Egypt in slavery <laughs> where my stomach was full. So I'm not going to push through the pain and the process to actually get to the promise. So I think that's another piece for us as believers, whether we're business people or not, is really like wrapping our head and heart around is just because something's painful, uncomfortable or hard. Yeah. You know, it doesn't mean it's not from God, you know? Yeah, man, that's so good. That's really good. And then also just talk to us about the, uh, I think you've mentioned before, you have like three mindsets that, that the Lord brought you to as you went through that. I think we may have already touched on some of those, but you know, yeah, hit us with we, those. Yeah, for sure. So um, I, I wrote like, obviously this little ebook is kind of what you're referencing as, as kind of a piece of Kingdom B School. And it was essentially like the three mindsets that God shifted in me that really resulted in what I feel like was kind of my breakthrough moment. Mm -hmm. And we've, we've hit on some of them. So just to kind of summarize the, yeah. the, the first one was, you know, it's not, it's not about what you're doing. It's about who you're becoming. Um, the second one is, you know, pain and discomfort are not indicators that we are not in God's will. So we just kind of talked about that, like the Israelites getting uncomfortable and all of a sudden they're drawing the conclusion that they're not in God's will. And I think the last one, which kind of goes hand in hand with that, but is that your promise lives outside your comfort zone. And I just think as believers, this idea of, you know, we just need to get uncomfortable or we need to get comfortable with being uncomfortable. And, you know, I feel like every day, um, I just think if we're truly following Jesus and pursuing the things that God has called us to and put on our hearts, like that's just going to be reality. I mean, you know, Moses, I feel like is the perfect example where like the moment he's supposed to step into his calling, like the reason he was born God asked him to go talk to Pharaoh and that's like his biggest insecurity because he has a stuttering problem. Right. And like, you couldn't have probably asked Moses to do a more uncomfortable thing. And again, it's like, we see God's not really too concerned about his level of comfort, you know? So that was my story at cold calling, right? Like God's like, I, I know you're uncomfortable and scared of that, Kevin, but that's what I'm asking you to do for an hour a day 
to really grow your business. Mm -hmm. And that's what shifted everything. And so now I just have this mentality of like, my promise lives outside my comfort zone. So uh, I'm not going to be afraid of the discomfort. I'm not going to be afraid of the anxiety. I'm not going to be afraid of the hard. I'm going to embrace it because that's where, that's where we step into what we were created for, Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. I think the thing I love about that too, is it's just, it really requires obedience. Yes. Which is where he wants us to be. Right. You know, I, I can do a lot on my own. I'm, I'm like you, I'm very type a in many regards and can make Mm -hmm. things happen. I can make a lot of things happen on my own. It's (laughs) like, God really wants me to just like take pause and ask him about what he thinks I should be doing, you know? And then on top, and then on top of that, typically the answer is something that's outside of my comfort zone, which further requires obedience (laughs) and for him shaping and the growth happens. So I love that. That's awesome. Um, So man, what else? I mean, I hope for our listeners, even right now, I mean, these are all great challenging things that are, that are pushing their buttons and challenging their thinking and their lives. You know, what else, uh, what other kind of challenges maybe you'd give our dads in the trenches? Man, great question. I, I think maybe kind of the last thing that comes to mind, and this has been uh, a, a recent um, kind of re-up for me, is uh, I, I read, I recently, it's a book called, so maybe even throw this out as a resource, but it's a book called The, the Path by Lori Beth Jones. And, and the whole idea of the book, she loves Jesus. The whole idea of the book is um, really knowing like your life's mission statement. And I think for those of us that have grown up in church, you know, that's not maybe necessarily unfamiliar phraseology, but how many of us actually like carve out the time to actually figure out what our mission is, like why we're on planet earth. Mm. There's a phrase in the front of the book. I don't know if it's true, but it's like this little anecdote in the front of the book. And it, you know, it talks about how in, in world war II, if an unidentified soldier appeared in the dark and could not state his mission that he was automatically shot. And I, I don't know if that's true, but I, you know, I like the sentiment. I, I don't know if it's true, but this idea of, you know, what is your purpose? what, what are you on planet earth for? Whether you're an entrepreneur or not, whether you're whatever it is, right? Like I think as dads, we, there's a lot of pressure on us. There's a lot of expectation to provide for whatever. And so I think it's easy then to use those things as excuses to not go to the hard place and really figure out like, okay, but what, what is my mission? Like, why am I on this earth? Why am I on this planet? And I think then because of that, we kind of in general, tend to kind of float and coast and we do what we need to do to provide and we do what we need to do to kind of be a good husband and we do what we need to do to kind of get get by but we don't ever actually step into our greatness we don't ever actually step into the reason that God created us and so I mean if if I could leave maybe one more challenge to our dads it would be to you know maybe just even the question of like what's your purpose like what what is your mission why are you Mm -hmm. here it's certainly not just to make a living it's certainly not just to retire it's certainly not just to kind of like gain weight and get soft bodies and, and all this stuff, right? That, that is kind of like the stereotypical midlife dad situation. You know, it's to be these like warrior champions, I think, that are like pursuing the call and purpose of God on our life, modeling that for our children, championing, you know, what God has called our wives to and in this like covering over our family that is allowing those around us to like thrive. And so, I, I, that's maybe kind of jumbly, but that, uh, that book, my wife and I just recently went through, it's not a quick read. There's like tons of exercises and stuff, but I can Mm -hmm. tell you it's been a game changer for us of really carving out like literally my time with Jesus for the last month has been working through that book with God. Mm -hmm. And I already felt like I had a pretty good idea of what my purpose and mission was. But for me, it's now like, you know, crystal clear. Hmm. And, and so I, I think that would be my, my challenge to the dads. Like I'm coming from this conversation from that, from the perspective of an entrepreneur, but not everyone is called to be an entrepreneur, right? So like, what are you called to? And do you, can you answer that question? Do you know what it is? And your calling is significant and uh, it requires all of you, you know? Yeah. So. Man, that's great. That's great. Well, just um, Kevin, I mean, uh, as we wind down, you know, tell us, uh, tell our listeners how, how they can connect with you further with what you're doing. Yeah. I mean, so, uh, you know, kingdombschool.com is kind of the, the website for the, the podcast so they can, you know, uh, find, you know, show notes and, and download the free ebook there. Also Instagram, just at kingdombschool. 
And then, you know, they could email me Kevin at kingdom B school. So I, I tried to keep it all simple and uniform. <laughs> so kingdombschool.com at kingdom B school, uh, Kevin at kingdom B school. So very cool. Yeah. Well, man, Kevin, thanks for your time. Just giving us some insights and uh, really, uh, I think, I don't know about you dads listening, but man, this has been encouraging and super challenging, even just some of our mindsets as well. So thanks for your time for this and, yeah, and dropping this on us. Um, before you go, um, would you uh, just take a minute and pray for our listeners, pray for the dads? Yeah, man, I'd be, I'd be honored to. So man, Jesus, we, we love you. And um, I just even want to pause for myself, God, and just say, thank you. Thank you for, uh, the honor and the privilege it is to be a husband and a father, to be entrusted with uh, these lives that that mean not only so much to us but to you. And I just, I just, man, what a privilege it is, Lord. And I pray just a massive amount of grace over every dad that's listening, grace to to really step into the role of a husband, the role of a father like never before, to take a fresh sense of ownership. Father, I, I just even ask for grace and clarity in terms of, of, of the dads listening, knowing what you've called them to, what you've created them for. Father, I pray for the, for the guys listening that maybe they feel a sense of a lack of direction or a lack of purpose or a lack of clarity. Lord, I, I ask that the pieces would fall into place for them, that the picture would be made clear, that they would clearly know um, who they are, what they were made for, um, so that they can step into uh, the greatness that you created them for. And God, I just pray just even a blessing over these families during this COVID, Corona stuff, um, as families are undergoing massive amounts of challenge and pressure and transition. Father, I thank you that there is grace to thrive. There's grace to thrive in the challenges. There's grace to thrive in the uncertainty. And so um, I just pray that over these dads, over these marriages, over these children, uh, that these families, uh, the families represented by those listening, would be marked with an unusual grace to thrive um, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. My man, Kevin, again, thanks so much. Thank you, bro. It was fun. Yeah. All right, guys, we will talk to you next time. God bless. Thanks for listening. For more content and resources, check out the website at dadinthetrenches.com or on social media at Dad in the Trenches. And be sure and click on subscribe to stay up to date with new podcasts. Walk out the heroic fatherhood you were called to live.